Hey guys, this is Chelsea Eithoven and you're listening to Vibrancy Radio. I spent the better part of two decades in pursuit of shrinking my body, but diet after diet, I still never felt enough. And I don't know about you, but the last word I would use to describe myself while on a diet is vibrant. After becoming a certified health and nutrition coach, I finally dropped the diets, learned to trust my body again, and rediscovered the vibrancy that was within me all along. And now I help women like you do the same. Vibrancy Radio is your new go-to resource for science-backed nutritional knowledge, major mindset shifts, and body image breakthroughs. So if you're ready to stop feeling so dang stressed about food all the time and start focusing on all the things that make you unique and vibrant, then welcome to the show. Hello, lovelies, and welcome back to Vibrancy Radio. I am so freaking excited to talk about today's topic. I'm excited and also kind of nervous because it's just such a big one and it means so much to me. And I have so much personal experience with this. And it's something that I feel like is not talked about near enough. And it's definitely not understood by most people. So what we're going to talk about today is the long-term effects of dieting and essentially how dieting is a great predictor for weight gain in the future. And I feel called to do a podcast on this because I have such personal experience with this, right? We think that dieting is the solution to living in a body that we don't like, right? We go to dieting because we try a new diet because we're finally so fed up with our bodies and we feel horrible about ourselves or many of us do. I won't say all of us because I actually did a, a poll on my Instagram asking what people's motivations were for dieting. And it was actually pretty even split down the middle. Half the people said that they their motivation to go on a diet or improve their body is based more, more of the motivation comes from that thought of their future body and the excitement for their future body. And then half of the people said that that when they choose to finally go on a diet or improve their body, it's because they are so fed up with their body that they just can't stand to feel like they can live in this body for one more second, right? And how I like to think about that is making a decision out of fear versus out of love, right? When we're making the decision to improve our body out of love, we know that we might not be serving our body in a way that shows it love. We might be treating it like like our sad chick instead of our, you know, our main chick. <laughs> okay, I hate that example, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> and then so that's kind of making the decision out of of love, right? Being like, I know I could treat my body better than this. I know that I have more potential to feel better. I know the highest version of myself will not be doing these things that I'm doing to my body. And I want to live up to that higher version of myself and feel like my best self and be able to do the things that I know my best self wants to do. And then when you're making a decision out of fear, it usually sounds a little different, right? A decision made out of fear, so if we're keeping on topic with weight loss, 
Weight loss that's based off of fear, it typically sounds like, oh my goodness, if I don't get in shape before this trip, then everybody's going to think I'm fat and think I've let myself go. If I'm not my absolute thinnest by my wedding day, then all these pictures I'm going to have for the rest of my life, I'm going to look back and remember how much I hated my body, yada, yada. I can't be in this body anymore because if I, you know, if I'm too fat to meet a significant other whatnot. Those are decisions made out of fear. And in my opinion, a lot of people do make these decisions basing their body choices out of fear. And definitely speaking for myself, I used to make every bodily decision out of fear. Anything I ate, I was I felt a lot of fear around if I was consuming too much, if I was having too much sugar, was I addicted to sugar? I was afraid that I my body was changing in a way I didn't want it to. I felt like, did I have too many drinks last night? Did I go over my calories? Is that going to cause me to gain weight? It was such a fear cycle. Dieting for me was the ultimate example of me making decisions out of fear. And what I find so interesting about that is this speaks really a lot to the law of attraction. What I was afraid of and constantly thinking of is what I gave myself. So I'm going to talk to you today about how I dieted myself into a heavier body. And if you want to do the same, you can do the same too. (laughs) And I'm going to start off with a study that I read, and then I'll move into some of my personal experiences with this. In the study, the results of the study showed that dieting predicted weight gain in 75% of the analyses. 75%! They could actually use dieting as a predictor for future weight gain. Now, that sounds absolutely mind-blowing, right? Because what we think is, we think that going on a diet is actually the solution to our overeating and our obsessing over food and, you know, our weekend binges. We think, well, I just need to go on a diet and that will help me control it. That diet is going to be my solution. But the diet is actually the problem. And the overeating and the obsessing over food and the weekend binges are the solution. And I'm sure most of you are like, what the heck are you talking about? And this is why I wanted to do this podcast, because I wanted to explain this. Our bodies are biologically wired to care about survival. When we are going on a super restrictive diet, a super low calorie, going super like a really intense diet and trying to like go hard for a short period of time and cut out all these things and get super low calorie and do all these high intensity exercises all at once, our body is reading that as starvation. Your body does not care what you want to look like on the outside. Your body does not care that you're only going to do it for a month and you're going to go back to your normal eating habits because, spoiler alert, that's not going to happen (laughs) because your body thinks it's in starvation mode. So what is it going to do? Your beautiful, smart, wonderful body is going to try to protect you. And its solution to this, its 
reaction to the diet is to cause you to overeat, to be more consciously aware of food, which means that you're going to be thinking about food a lot. You're going to be obsessing over food. You're going to be constantly doing your work and thinking about the candy that's in your desk drawer or the donuts in the break room or I say donuts in the break room like Almost every episode, I feel like when I was teaching at a school, we almost always had donuts in the break room or somebody would bring them for breakfast. So it's always really prominent in my mind because donuts are my favorite sweet ever. And I was always so triggered that somebody brought donuts. So all of those things are actually your body's solution, right? We think the diet is the solution, but we've got it all backwards, We have to understand our bodies and realize that our bodies are just trying to protect us. And this is one of the reasons that I think dieting causes later weight gain is for that reason exactly. Now, I want to dive more into that study. And what I'll actually do is I'll put a link to it in the show notes of this because it's so interesting to read. And so this study that I was reading that said dieting predicts weight gain, right, in most people, they did talk about a slight difference between dieting and restrained eating. So what they called restrained eating, they called these people weight watchers, not like the big company, but like these people were watching their weight. So they defined that as people concerned with their intake, particularly of energy dense foods. So to me, when I was looking at somebody called this this quote-unquote restrained eating or restrained eater, I almost thought of that as like somebody who's pretty intentional about what they're eating, they're consuming things, they're not just saying I'm just giving it all up and eating whatever, they're mostly focusing on nutrient-dense foods and then just being a little bit more consciously aware of their intake of energy-dense foods, which by that they mean calorically-dense foods, right? Because calories are energy. So that's kind of how I looked at that, and that's how they defined that. And so they did this study with two groups of people, with these people called the restrained eaters, and then they also did a separate category of people they called dieters. And dieters, they defined as people restricting their caloric intake enough to lose weight. And they also said that they didn't go much in detail of that. Like they didn't say these people were doing a specific diet. But what was implied in the study from what I could tell was that the dieters were just much more intense in their efforts. They were a little bit less. They were trying so hard to lose weight that they were hyper focused on what they were eating and hyper aware of it. So now this is where things got really interesting to me because they separated these into two separate groups of people to study. And the results were that the people who were in their restrained eating category, right, that were the people who were watching their weight or concerned with their intake, but not really taking it too far, not trying to actively lose weight through intense measures, those people, actually that group, it did not predict weight gain. I think the statistics, and I'll have to double check this, but I think it was like 5% of the analyses predicted weight gain versus that dieting group where 75% of the analyses predicted weight gain in those studies. So I thought that was so interesting, right? That actual something that can predict future weight gain is you going on a diet. 
How backwards is that from what we're taught, right? And essentially, the study stated kind of wrapped up by saying that the results were that short-term control predicted a later over-consuming of energy, which resulted in weight gain, which was what I talked about a moment ago, right? That we think that the solution is going on the diet, but actually our body's solution to us going on a diet is having us overeat. It's a biological reaction to going on an intense diet. I also thought it was super interesting to note that they did take that dieters category and again, separated it into two different groups. And they called these groups people who are dieting using unhealthy strategies and people who are dieting using healthy strategies. So, and again, they didn't explain that super in detail. So we don't know exactly what that means. How I'm taking that is taking it to the unhealthy dieters. I'm assuming we're taking it to the extreme and, you know, coffee and Adderall type diet <laughs> type of people. And I feel like people actually really do this. I mean, that was the kind of stuff I would try to do in college. Those people regained much more weight than dieters using healthy strategies. So again, it's just an interesting point of data to look at and to understand. And as I'm reading through this study, I was just completely thinking about my personal experience with this, right? What is my history with this? And I am a poster child for this study. (laughs) I feel like I could have been a part of it and would absolutely be a part of that 75% statistic, as are many women that I know and work with and just know in my personal life, right? Just growing up and watching the adult women around me go on diets, lose the weight, gain it back, lose the weight, gain it back, lose the weight, gain it back. That weight loss was always attributed to the diet and the weight gain was always attributed to the quote unquote being bad after the diet. There was never any fault or blame put on the diet. The fault or blame was put on the person who didn't have enough willpower or control to stay on the diet. And that is so psychologically damaging and also like master manipulation, right? That's like gaslighting to the extreme. <laughs> if a human were doing this to you and and causing a problem and then telling you that you're the problem, that's the definition of gaslighting, right? And this is what diet culture is doing to us today. So anyways, let's go back to my personal experience. If I think about the scale and my personal experience with the scale, it's a long history, first of all, but I can't remember a time except for the past two years. I haven't been on a diet in two years. So it's really easy for me to remember because the last time I was on a diet was before my wedding. (laughs) So it's not only the anniversary of my marriage, but it's also the anniversary of my rejection of dieting and me truly getting into healthy habits for the sake of health and energy and not the sake of thinness for just the aesthetic look of it. So I always remember my weight going up and down and swinging drastically, just like what I was explaining was happening in this study, right? That I, but I would always return to the same pre-weight, right? So my weight would creep up to this one number that I didn't think was acceptable and that I didn't like. And so I would diet down and do some extreme measure. I would do Whole30 or I would do, what are some of the ones? One time I ordered this, this quote unquote fit 
guide offline and it told me my exercises to do and then it told me my meals. My meals were like a hard-boiled egg and celery and like 10 almonds for breakfast. And I remember, I think it was actually... Australian, like came from somebody in Australia, because I remember lunch was a ham sandwich with whole wheat bread, but they called it whole meal bread. (laughs) I remember being like, hmm, never heard of that, but that's interesting. So anyways, I did some little diet like that and then dieted down and lost the weight. And then eventually the scale crept back up because of course I wasn't going to eat hard boiled egg and almonds for breakfast for the rest of my life, right? I even did something called the HCG diet where you order some like sketchy oil online and you take the oil and or like whatever it was, the supplement, you take it and then you can only eat 500 calories a day. And supposedly you can gain or lose all this weight super quickly. Now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, well, duh, if you're eating 500 calories a day, yes, you're going to lose weight very quickly. But what's going to happen after? Again, went down in weight and immediately yo-yoed back up, right? And I kept trying all of these things and down and up and down and up. And even my most balanced attempt at weight loss, which was macro counting, I did the same thing. I I would go down in weight and then go back up and down and up and down and up. (sighs) So what was interesting, though, is that I did notice the set point of where I would creep back up to kept slowly increasing. And again, I'm not saying that this is how it happens for everyone, but this is my personal experience. After every diet, it would be like, oh, well, my highest number is now three pounds higher. Okay, do another diet, diet down. Well, now my highest number after I go back up to the top of that range is five pounds more than it was before. And it just kept creeping up. Okay. So like I said, it's been about two years since I've been on a diet. And after I stopped my last diet, my weight went up initially. And of course, I was horrified. (laughs) I'm not even going to lie about that. That was emotionally hard to experience. It really is, especially when you spent so much time trying to stronghold yourself to a certain number on the scale. You've dedicated years and years and years of your life to this, to just surrender control and say, I'm going to let my body do what it wants to do for a little bit and just let it overeat until it feels satisfied, right? Like let my body respond how it feels it needs to respond to this diet and not try to control it. And of course, that ended up in resulting weight gain. And that all happened, I would say, within like six months post-wedding. I probably went up like 20 pounds. And what's interesting is since then, my weight has really stayed the same, kind of. It's been super consistent. And the most interesting thing about this is I don't even attribute that anymore to like me being some gluttonous pig. I realized that the reason my weight went up and the reason this happened is because of my history of dieting. Because I watch people that don't do diets, you watch them just stay the consistent same weight whenever, right? Even if they are some of those people that might be considered a restrained eater, right? They still kind of stay in that same range. They're never doing anything drastic. Their weight's not going up and down. I know you have a friend like this, right? (laughs) We all have a friend who's like this. So After my weight went up initially, it came back down a little bit and 
it's pretty much remained the same since then. It's just been slow and steady. And I can't ever remember a time in my life where my weight stayed consistent. I was always on the rise or on the the downward slope with my weight. And it's been super interesting to see my weight just stay consistent. Again, it is higher. It's a higher set point than what it was before. And honestly, I'm really okay with that. I am. I feel really good where I am. I feel I know that I'm exercising in a way that makes my body feel good. I know that I'm moving enough. I know that I'm eating super nutritious, healthy foods, and I'm also eating a balanced diet, foods that I love, right? Eating in a very balanced way and I'm doing health promoting activities on a very regular basis. I'm treating my body really, really well, right? For the most part, of course, nobody's perfect, but the goal is not to be perfect at this point in my life. (laughs) So it's been interesting to see even through holidays and through just different experiences, my weight has stayed super stable for the first time ever in my life. And it just feels easy now, you know? And I just think it's so interesting because I don't think this is something people talk about often. I've said this already, but that dieting was actually the reason that my weight kind of rose up. Now, Here's what I want you to understand. Does this mean that I think any type of weight loss is never possible and that you're just going to regain the weight? No, absolutely not. I don't think that. I think that if weight loss is something that you desire, if you want it to be long-term, you need to be really, really selective about how you're choosing for this weight loss to come about. It has to be in a sustainable manner. Looking at that study right? Those people who were quote unquote restrained eaters, they didn't have the same effect as people who are dieters. So this is what I always like to say that I am not anti-weight loss. I am (laughs) anti-diet because diet is not going to give you what you want in the long term. That's what I always try to help people understand that you can be somebody who's watching what you're eating and striking this really beautiful balance and the weight might come off and your weight might go up. We just can't really predict it. And I think releasing control is one of the hardest things for people to do. But at the same time, I want you to realize that by you trying to so tightly hold and tightly grip this control, this is what got you here in the first place, right? And I think especially looking at the fact that the dieting predicted weight gain, but the restrained eating didn't, and the fact that the more restrictive diets, or as they call the more unhealthy ways of dieting, caused even more weight gain, then what we can kind of glean from that is that slower and less restrictive ways of weight loss or fat loss are more sustainable in the long run and are going to do you more good. And I know a lot of times we're just thinking in the short term, right? We're just thinking, well, I just need to get to the holidays or I just need to get to the summer or I just need to get to this wedding that I'm going to or I just need to get to this and I don't care what happened after this. And I'm begging you to look a little bit long term in the future because You know, by just focusing on those short-term goals, you're going to end up 
causing more of a problem in the long term. I also think it's important to look at the difference between weight loss and fat loss here because weight loss is absolutely different from fat loss. There have been times in my life where the scale wasn't changing and my body composition was changing dramatically. And actually, I feel like I've kind of been noticing that happening to me more recently with the types of exercises I've been doing and whatnot. Like I said, my weight is staying steady and that feels good. But I do notice that my body feels like it's changing in certain ways, right? And so it's just interesting to to release control of the scale a little bit and not use that as the only measure of the way to know if we're making progress or not. And my whole point is that you cannot improve your body long term with abuse and deprivation, right? I don't think that it means that there's no chance for you, that you can't improve your body, that you'll never reach your goals, right? But I actually think it means that we need to learn to be a little bit more in a partnership with our body. Our body and our genetics get to decide the weight range that it wants to be in. And this is just the cold hard truth. Genetics have so much more to do with our weight than what we eat and how we exercise. And that's the exact opposite of what we're taught. But I don't think that means, again, that there's no hope. I think that your genetics determine the range that you will be in, and then you get to decide where you live in that range. You get to make choices to influence where your range is. You get to decide your level of fitness within that range. But like I said, we we can't improve our body from a point of abuse and deprivation. And I want you to compare this to how you would raise a child, especially if you're a mom, right? Or, I mean, all of us have been children before and have experienced one side of this or the other. Would you raise a child and expect that you can physically, mentally, and emotionally abuse a kid into being a productive, compassionate, and well-rounded adult? Do you think that's possible? Most of us would say no, that if a child is experiencing abuse, they're going to have a difficult time coping later in life. And we can see this and understand this when it comes to other things like children, but we're not looking at our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with food and our body under this same light right? we You have to realize that this is going on inside of yourself. There's the you that is beating yourself up for and trying to abuse yourself into a better body and trying to shame and blame and force yourself into a better body. And I just think that that can never happen, at least in the long term, right? So there's that that version of yourself that is trying to verbally abuse you into complying with whatever it is that you want your body to be, right? I like to think that that's the ego because we want to make that decision out of fear that we want to fit in with society, get a significant other, whatever it is. And then there's the other part of you that maybe wants to improve your health and fitness for your highest involvement, right? And that's the part I like to say that is the soul. There's ego and the soul. And we get to decide on a day-to-day basis which one we're going to listen to, right? And just to wrap up, honestly, just straight from my heart, and I'm just going to be raw and real here. What I want for you is for you to 
not have to go through that experience and and for me to catch as many people as I can before they do this to themselves and diet themselves into a heavier body unconsciously believing the lie that the diet is actually the solution. So find me on Instagram at brightlightchels. Let me know your thoughts on this topic. Let's start a discussion. This is something that I really want to start a discussion on. And like I said, I'm kind of scared to post this because like who as a health coach is going to post about their weight gain, right? But I want you to know this. And I think that me like just talking about this and being really vulnerable and open can help people. I have noticed that the more that I step out into fear and do things that are so scary, the more I can evolve and the more I can help other people. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Find me on Instagram. Send me a message. Say, hey, I love connecting with you and getting to know you. And let's start a conversation about this. Okay. I hope you have a wonderful day. 